When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, welcome along to the Rangers Rabble podcast and for the first time this season and I'm delighted to say we are back with the Rangers Academy Review. Um, William, my friend, it's good to see you. How are you? How have you been? Hi, good mate. It's, it's, um, it's weird sitting in the house with a bit of sunshine coming in, especially kids sounding like absolutely soaked going to work this morning. So um, Scottish weather never ceases to amaze me. No, and we're going to talk about sunshine. Um, ironically, because me and you were in Dundee and I've never seen sunshine like it. Um, no, that was, I mean, that was crazy yesterday. Like, I, I missed like two of the goals because the sun was so low that you physically just couldn't actually see what was going on. But I have to say, the stand at Foundation Park, as it is now, rather than Gussie Park, that makes a huge difference. And I've got to say, the you know, the pitch as well as the stand is excellent there. Um, a big, big difference for the players as well, to be honest. It is, it is, it is. Um, but we'll dive right in then we're under 18, shall we? Um, because this is the first show we've done this season, um, which seems mental considering how much we've done last season, but because it's the first, I, we're not going to go through, obviously, every single under 18s game there's been. Um, and I don't, and we said this off, off camera, and we'll say it now, I don't want to focus too much attention on the under 18s because I don't think it's fair. They're young boys, they're going to be inconsistent and stuff like that. But in terms of a group, then, shall we say, compared to last season, how are the under-18s look, uh, looking? Sorry, my throat's gone. Um, it's, it's weird. Look, the players will probably say the same thing, and the parents that go to the games will probably say the same thing. And the word is, like, inconsistency. Um, I, I mean, it was bonkers. Like, the start to the season, for instance, we beat Dundee United 2-0 in the opening game of the season which you were obviously at up at the training ground, but that kind of went either way. Um, we then rocked up to play Mullerwell away, and we lost 5-2 away from home. Um, we then beat St Mern next up 3 nothing, which we actually played probably really well that night, if memory serves me right. We then lost to Celtic at Rangers training ground. Then we lost to Hibs at the training ground. And then the Mullerwell team that had beat us a couple of weeks before, 5-2, we beat them 2-1. And... You just can't fathom that out. We then play Kilmarnock and lose 4-2. Um, and then we go on a kind of wee run of playing some good football against, I think it was Queen's Park. And I'm actually if we can check it on here. I think it was Queen's Park we played well against. But then we lost a couple of games back-to-back against Hearts. Um, and then also since then, we went to kind of Lennox Town and beat Celtic in their own patch. We beat a good Hearts team 1-0. And... Um, we beat Hamilton 6-4 in one of the craziest games that me and you had watched, probably. That was, um, I mean, how bad were Rangers in that first half? It was just hard to follow. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, I, it was shocking, actually. Second half, they were incredible. They then beat a young Aberdeen team 4-2. Lost 2-0 at Kelly, 
which apparently was one of our poorest performances. It wasn't at that game because it was working. Um, then another high-scoring game against Hamilton, that was 5-3. And then yesterday, um, obviously we lost to Dundee United, who, who did deserve to win the game. There's no, like, there's no, you know, getting away from the fact Rangers didn't deserve to win it. But it's the inconsistency of performances this season that's just, it's baffling, really. Because I do think there's a lot of talent within the group, but for some reason we just don't seem to be able to string three, four, five performances together. And sometimes they can't even do it back to back. Like sometimes they struggle to play well in two games. And I just don't know how to explain it to people because that group is a good group and there's and there's a lot of talent within it. But for whatever reason they just seem incapable of of playing well consistently over a range of games. Can we put that down to age, though? Because, I mean, obviously, look, we're not going to sit here and judge, um, which what is a kind of fairly young group um, in terms of under-18s. There's a lot of 16-year-olds in there. There's a few 17-year-olds. You know, is it just a case of, you know, obviously, look, Rangers, you want Rangers to win it under fours, right? Never mind the first team. Of course, you want every, you want Rangers to win at every level. But is it not a case of, this is a young group, it's, it's under-18s, it's not always um, the result that matters. Yeah, of course. I mean, and look, so a player development is important because at the end of the day, you know, and everybody's aware of it, it's not like every single one of the starting eleven is going to play for Rangers. There's, you know, the chances are that one of those guys might make it. So just one out of that entire squad, even the guys that maybe are on the bench some games, you know, we'll be lucky if one of those players makes it. And that is like the brutal reality of football at this level. Um, but yeah, like, as a young group, I mean, like there is a lot of sixteen-year-olds that moved up last year. But I still think at Rangers there is just that level of expectancy that that they're going to do. I mean, like they're sitting second in the league, so they've not had like a shocking season. Mm. If you like, the actual like sort of league table, it's the fact that we have played eighteen games, we've won ten and we've lost eight. You know, so like there's no happy medium there. Like we don't seem capable of drawing games. You know, and we've conceded whatever it was, like 40, 41 goals this season in 18 games. I mean, that is diabolical. Um, and I don't think we're actually the worst defensively, but it just feels like every game we just, we seem to concede some really poor goals at times. Um, and maybe that's just a sign of players learning, players developing. But the only worry would be, and this just came from other parents as well that's, yeah, that I've spoken to, is that we've sometimes lost the same kind of goal back to back to back. So maybe we're not learning from the mistakes that we're making. But yet again, I don't want to be overly critical of the group because as there's, you been, say, there's been a lot of change though as well, William. I mean, we've, we've got to look at obviously Cameron Campbell's away. Yeah. Um, so it's now Stephen Smith and Jonathan Johansson, I believe. Yeah. Who are the kind of main, I know Rangers have got a, this mad technical name they don't like it don't like them being called managers or head coaches or whatever like that but it's kind of Stephen Smith and Jonathan Hansen are kind of in charge of the group yeah it's it's a bit fluid isn't it obviously Cameron's been in there at times obviously Brian Gilmer's been part of that group David McCallum kind of oversees the 18s and he's always at the games watching um in reality look at the end of the day the once the players cross that white line, it's down to them. I mean, the one thing you don't really see during the games, I mean, I don't know if you obviously notice that you're obviously kind of watching your brother most of the time at Dundee United, but when when you're watching like Rangers games, I don't tend to hear a lot of stuff coming from the coaching staff. 
it's just all like they leave it to the players to to like change the problems on the pitch, and I'm not too sure that's always a good thing. Well, that was that was completely opposite from Dundee United yesterday, and, and let's let's take yesterday as the example, I suppose, because you know it's the most recent data that we've got. But the Dundee United coaches never shut up; they're always yeah. they're always barking at orders or instructions or encouragement. And like you say, the Rangers bench is is pretty much mute. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, I don't know if it's the same things that they had previously, but I know the kind of rule, or it wasn't really a rule; it was just kind of something that was kind of agreed that if. If something was happening on the pitch, they left it to the players to resolve it. But for a lot of these players, they've not experienced a lot of the things that's maybe happened this season. So, surely the coaches should be allowed to coach the players. Mm. And it's not like they're not getting a chance to like, to say something during the game, but it feels like they're waiting until half-time to, to speak to the players. I mean, we also spoke about the Hamilton game, for instance, where in that first half... There was one or two kind of blatantly obvious things that were wrong, but we didn't seem to wait, like do anything about it until half time. And by that time, the game could have been gone, and it probably should have been gone. But then Rangers. If, if it say, wasn't for the fact, sorry, to cut in, William. If it wasn't for the true. fact that that's a really poor Hamilton, that, that, that's no fair. It's no the same Hamilton team as no. last season. No, they've lost a lot of talented footballers to teams in England, which is basically the same for every club in Scotland, kind of year on year now. Um, but it's like as it's hard to explain, and it's just it's just annoying at times because you know the ability is in the group, and there is a lot of quality within it. Obviously, we have kind of lost kind of players from time to time with the B team, like Josh Gentles that somebody was asking about there in the comments. Josh, in the main, has played for the B team this year, but he is still only sixteen. Mm-hmm. I would imagine yet again he'll drop back into the teams at points during the season, like he has done. He might for even may, for that. maybe a semi-final, William. For maybe oh, a I think that's yeah, yeah. I think that's a certainty. I mean, like obviously we were laughing about that yesterday. I mean, if you actually look at there could be upwards of seven changes to that one yesterday. You know, if you actually look at the Rangers starting the loving, you could have Mason Monkey come back in, Leighton Grant come back in, Bailey Rice, Paul and Seal, Josh Gentles, Zach Lovelace, and Archie Stevens. All of those guys could play in that Scottish Youth Cup semi-final. And like the other side of that argument would be, well, what's that saying to all the guys that played yesterday? Mm-hmm. Is that then that they're not good enough? Then when it comes to a semi-final and Rangers need to win it, seven of those guys are getting hooked out the team, and that's and that's a difficulty, mate. And it's one of those ones. Some people will say it's good because it's all about Rangers winning. The other side would say, well, it's about development, and you know, Rangers couldn't play much worse than they did yesterday, for instance. So, like, they could only get better. But I just think the mindset is still, it's a cup semi-final, Rangers can make it to the final. If all of those players are available to play, then they will play. But people can make up their own mind on that. Oh, yeah, well, let's look ahead to the semi-final before we go into the B team. Um, Obviously, there's loads to cover with the B team. It's been a massive change this season from last. And we'll get into that and we'll get into some individual players like Josh, etc. And we'll talk about them, Archie Stevens. we'll get to all that. Um, looking ahead to the semi-final, there was the opportunity to play to Ibrooks, I believe, William. I believe Rangers offered Dundee United a date. Um, I don't know if you can confirm, deny, or or whatever on that, but Dundee United turned it down. Yeah, look, we were obviously coming up at the training ground the other day there, and we did ask about the Cup semi-final because we hadn't heard, obviously, what was happening with that. Because in previous years, 
teams have always tried to play it at the first team venue. So we obviously asked, is the game going to be played at Ibrooks? And it, and we were told basically that Rangers had offered a date. I think it was like the 15th of March to play the game. So it would have been a fortnight after the original date, which was supposed to be the first. Um, we were told that Dundee United had turned that request down and asked that they play the game on the first. And because of that, it, it, it's impossible to play the game at Ibrox because Rangers are playing at home at three o'clock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they could have played the game at, on Friday at 7, 7.45 and then had the pitch in perfect condition for the next day, realistically. Especially especially the rain that looks as though it's coming the next few days. Because um, like, you never know how badly the pitch is going to be kind of eating up and things like that ahead of games. And if you're going to play additional games, given the weather at this time of year, you just don't know. Whereas I think with the 15th, there was a bit of a gap like between home games and it would have been enough to play it type thing. Um, but it's disappointing. The training ground's not the same as Ibrox, clearly. And I think, I, mean, I can't speak for like the players, clearly, but I think it would have been better for the players to be playing at Ibrox. 100%. And, and, it, and it obviously stops the issues of how many people can turn up at the training ground and watch the game. Because nice. the reality is, if every single Dundee United parents want to turn up and watch the game, as well as all the Rangers parents, and then you've obviously got, as you're well aware, the people that come from, you know, agencies, scouts, etc., etc. I don't know if the standard of training ground is big enough to hold all the people that's going to be at that game, and that is possibly the only concern with with a massive game like that being played at the Rangers training centre. But this is going to be one of the issues. Um... I've obviously got the option of getting a ticket from each side, uh, if you like, but it would be remiss of me then not to preview the semi-final without mentioning, obviously, yesterday's game. Yeah, yeah. And how well, the, the kind of run that Dundee United are on, they're playing really well, and I would probably get murdered if I didn't mention the best player on the park who just happened to be the Dundee United number seven, Wally Adam Tarma. Yeah, and Ross, your mother told me how to spell that yesterday as well. <laughs> Just in case I, I said it wrong, clearly. No, Adam was outstanding yesterday. Um, his first goal was a moment of brilliance, in all honesty. Great skill, great trickery, really good finish. Um, we really struggled to basically stop Adam from playing. Um, and look, sometimes you've got to say that the better team won the game, and Dundee United were the better team. Um Adam was the best player on the pitch. And that's just how it is sometimes. Sometimes you'll come up against a team. I mean, people will look at the you know, people look at the league table, for instance, to say, oh, but Dundee United were bottom until yesterday. But Dundee United are not a team that are a bottom of the table team. Mm-hmm. But yet again, it it comes to the consistency thing, doesn't it, with young players that Dundee United didn't start the season very well. But Obviously, recently, having spoke to you, they've been on a pretty decent run. They've been playing a bit better. They're showing a bit more. There's 11, 11 games without defeat, I believe it is yeah. now. So, but then that's football, isn't it? And then the thing is with young players, sometimes if you've added quite a few new bodies to the group, it can be difficult to maybe settle in and get used to playing with each other. And then, obviously, there's a lot of upheaval going on as well. We maybe some boys been taken out of that group and moved into the first team to sit on the bench. Like Adam has obviously been on the bench. He's then actually come on for the first team. So these there can be a multitude of things. And yet again, you can go back to the argument. 
Zach Lovelace is still eligible to play the entire season with the 18s, as is Bailey Rice, and so is Mason Munn. Rangers just choose not to play them. Which was going to be which was going to be my next point then. See, because of what happened yesterday, because it's a semi-final, regardless of what age group it is, it's a semi-final, William. And like you say, it would it, it might not be fair on the boys who have been playing, you know, the majority of games for, for our, our under 18s team, right? I get that. I completely understand that. But then the boys who have been regularly playing forever under 18s against that Dundee United team yesterday proved that, you know, that Dundee United team looked better. So is that maybe then the coaches can turn around and say, well, you're not playing in the semi-final because you haven't been good enough? Well, you could argue it's just like the first team. If you don't put in a performance, there's a high likelihood you're not playing in the next game. Obviously, for instance, Rangers played Queen's Park before the Cup semi-final, but yeah. if you look at the Dundee United game yesterday, see if players had played well, it then gives the manager something to think about. Like, like he's got to sit there and say, well, for instance, if somebody like Finley Curtis had a really good game, right? That's fine, then. Finley will be part of the squad for the semi-final. Not many players come off the pitch yesterday having done themselves justice. Mm-hmm. Maybe apart from one or two. And that's, that's like the problem yesterday gives the coaching staff. Because it's now easy to just turn around and go, right, Zach, Archie, Bailey, Mason, Paul, blah, blah, blah. Use are all playing in the cup semi-final. And then the guys that played yesterday then miss out in the semi-final. And they'll all be devastated. Because they all want to play in the big games and they want to play at Hamden if they get to the final type thing. But not many of them could probably complain after yesterday because they probably didn't do enough to deserve to be in the team for the semi-final. And that's and that's the brutal nature of football yet again. Like I use that word a lot because football, in my opinion, is brutal. And yesterday probably made it easier for the coaching staff to now look across and say, well, you know, we will use Mason. And we will use Leighton Grant and we will use Bailey Rice because... And Zach needs minutes as well. And we're going to come on to that. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll, yeah. Move on. we'll move on for the 18s because we could be here. Me and you, honestly, we say we're only going to do five or ten minutes and then we end up doing a whole level. No, but uh, I'll get rid of half six to watch another game tonight. So we I know, the you're going to see the 16s. I know. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, I know. It's... I probably shouldn't say this live on a podcast, right? Albeit we don't get the numbers that a reaction gets for the academy stuff. That's the very, very first time in my life I've ever smiled at a goal that Rangers have conceded. That's all I'm going to say. It's the very, very first time in my life. Um, but see, at the end of the day, sometimes you appreciate a good goal. And I've seen some good goals this year at 18s level from obviously teams that are playing against Rangers. I've been to all their academy games that haven't been involved in Rangers because I'm, I'm obviously local to Renfrewshire. I sometimes pop along and see St Mum playing stuff like that. Um, and look, you appreciate good goals, and Adam's goal yesterday, I don't know if Dundee United will post that type of thing, I don't know if they do that, but, you know, if that's something that, you know, you can put out on the Twitter page to show the goal, I mean, it was a phenomenal goal for Adam, if somebody had scored that at first team level, then people would be talking about it, because it Aye, was that that's, that's plenty, the boys he's big enough. The boys he's big <laughs> I know, enough. he's already got a big head enough after yesterday. He does, he does, plus he's taller than me. Um, Beep, Bob, Boop, uh, Super Chat, thank you very much, Beep. Um, I'll get to some of the comments in a wee second. There's a few people asking about you, William, um, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer them, but we'll get to that. Um, I'd like to see if we can get Neil McFarlane from Brentford to replace David McCallum. You might remember him as the goon from Danoon, a Rangers fan. David McCallum getting a bit of stick there. Um, well, uh, is, that, is, that, is that fair? Well, David obviously doesn't really take to do with the you know, with the 80s in terms of, obviously, the actual coaching within the games. I mean, he obviously is mainly part of the B team. 
But I mean, I've obviously spoke to you privately away. I mean, there has been some chatter that we might see more change this summer at the academy. And we've already seen quite a lot. Yeah, we have, mate. We've seen some of the academy coaches leave, like some of the younger age group academy coaches leave. If Cameron Campbell leave, obviously Brian Gilmer now basically is part of the first team. Um, I would never say never. I would never say never. Um, I think come the summer we will see some change. Whether that's David McCallum, whether it's Malky, whether it's Stephen, whether it's Jonathan Johansson or anybody else, I don't know. But the kind of feeling that I get is that we will see more change. And look, somebody like Neil McFarlane, obviously down at Brentford, they do it right, don't they? You know, they've got a B team, but they can fund the B team a lot more. They can spend a lot more money sending the players all over the world to play in competitions. Um, and I believe that Rangers are actually going to be playing Brentford soon up at the training ground um, and in several weeks' time. So, because obviously we were due to play them before Christmas, but then because of the heavy snow, their train was cancelled. <laughs> so they couldn't actually play the game. So um, I believe they're due to play Rangers in like maybe three weeks' time or so up at the training ground. But obviously a lot can happen. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's out of the realms of possibility that could happen, to be honest. Well, there's a quite a few people like RFC 72, we're really going to upgrade our coaching managers in the youths um, to progress. Uh, William is saying David McCallum has been there too long, in my opinion, and he's not really got anybody through. I think a bit of change there um, would help. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much... How, see if we get somebody in who's a million times better at the job than David McCallum, and I don't think David McCallum's doing a bad job at Rangers, by the way. Um, but that doesn't all that doesn't necessarily mean, William, that you're all of a sudden going to get loads of players coming through into first team. Like I think the thing that that is part of the game now is that is that people are now used to change. You know, like in the past, everybody felt like your manager should be there for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I think those days are coming to an end in football in the main, you know, unless you're a top, top manager like a Guardiola or a Klopp or a Salarix Ferguson, etc. If you look at all the other teams throughout Europe now, many, many of the coaches are gone every second or third year. And that's probably the reality for Philip Clement as well, because if Philip Clement does well for Rangers, he's going to get offers for other teams who can offer him a lot more on a transfer budget, they'll pay him more wages. Uh, yet again, I use the word, it's a brutal nature of football, there's always somebody above you that will give you more, mm -hmm. you know? And this is the thing, some people will look at our coachings and think that we can do better. And obviously, we've seen upheaval, obviously, at the club with guys like Craig Mulholland leaving, uh, Craig Robertson moving up to the first-team role. Um, we've obviously seen some coaches leave as well this season. Um, so, yeah, look, change is always going to come about. And I do think we will see change, but I don't have any insight into, into who's leaving. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say it, to be fair, because I don't think that's right to put things like that out there before the club announce it. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, I do think we will see change in the summer. Whether it's massive change or it's just one or two things happening in the background, let's just see what happens, I suppose. But I don't I don't disagree with what some people are saying. Possibly change might be a good thing, maybe fresh ideas, fresh training stuff. Because let's be honest about it, a bit like in life, sometimes change is a good thing. Sometimes. Sometimes change is a good thing. Um, but Mama, she tells me that I need to change and stop eating as much and go on a diet. That's never a good thing. That is never a good thing. Three pies, hey, because the killy pies, 
are down to 1,050 in my work, so I bought two of them today. Other other uh, works are available. Um, I'm not. Oh, I do like. I'm not going to like. I do like a pucker pie as well. I don't like them. Don't like pucker. I like a Kelly pie. I don't like a pucker pie. Um, <laughs> we're not here to talk about. We're not here to talk about Kelly pies and pucker pies. We're here to talk about Rangers youth. So B team then William, right? So much change this season with the B team. Yeah. yeah First yeah. of all, obviously we're no longer in the Lowland League. We now are, and there was a lot of talk about what's going to happen with the B team, how they're going to get fixtures, how they're going to get games. Um, so it's now obviously the best versus best. So two-part question. Firstly, has it been beneficial at all to move away for the Lowland League? Um, or should we have stayed in it? Should we look to get back in it? And secondly, for people out there who obviously don't know, what is best versus best? Well, I suppose that's up to the individual to decide what's best versus best, because when I sometimes post the graphics that Andy does saying best versus best Rangers against Carlisle, people don't see that as best. I think possibly they could have chosen a better term rather than best versus best, because I don't think this season you could argue that too many of the games have been that. Um, has the best versus best games that they like to call them better than the Lowland League? That's up for debate. Um, massively up on debate, to be honest. Uh, I always try and choose my words wisely because I like I don't want to say something because I've always been getting into trouble over the years for saying stuff that I should do. So let it all out, William. Let it out. No, no, the simple reality is see the people that are online criticizing it. I can't really say that they're not wrong because it probably hasn't been what it should have been. And at times, the standard of the opposition probably hasn't been what it should have been as well. Some of the better games this season would have probably been like sort of Leeds United away, which I thought was a really good test. I thought it was a really good game. I thought both teams played well that way, uh, that day. Um, playing Bohemian's first team, I thought that was an excellent game. You know, they were really good. They were strong. They were physical. And, and other boys don't really get that kind of test. Um but yeah, again, we've played other games that, in all honesty, they just haven't been very good. And I don't really know. I don't really think you can say that they've been good if they've not been. Like, I always try to be honest when I speak about things. Like, yesterday I was honest enough to say that Rangers weren't good enough to win the game. And there's games that we've played in the B team this season that haven't been very good. And that's just the simple reality of it. They've not been a test. It's probably been a waste of time. And there's been problems where we've went like three or four weeks without a game. And yeah. in my honest opinion, that's totally unacceptable that a club our size is is going that length of time without games. Especially um, when that's your direct access to basically your reserve team for the first team. You can't have yeah. players going three and four yeah. weeks without playing. Yeah, look, and there's also been a lot of criticism that people could attend the games in the Lowland League this season. Rangers at the start of the season said that they would allow supporters in to watch games, that tickets would be available for games, and that's not really happened. Um, so, look, well, I do think this year's been a disappointment. I think it's possibly been a disappointment for some of the players as well, that maybe the the quality of, of opposition hasn't been what it could have been. Um, but, look, that's how it is. Um, if this is the last time you see me cover the academy, then it's probably because of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, it's if anybody wants to criticize the best versus best, I'm not going to sit and argue with them about it to say that it's right or wrong because it's 
it's very much open to opinion. And in and so far this season, I don't think it's been what it what it could have or should have been. Would the Lowland League have been better? Yeah, again, the Lowland League had its good moments and bad moments, Martin, didn't it? I mean, we played some mm. opposition that me and you could have probably been out in the pitch, to be honest. Aye. You know, and that's not like I mean in a in a, in a cheeky or disrespectful way, but but it was competitive games though, regardless of the opposition, you were playing for, for something. It's, See, one it's, of the things you can have as many friendlies as you want, you know. Yeah, nothing beats I mean, one of the things games. that we were told was that they weren't happy with the amount of games that were played that season. I think I, I can't remember if it was season one or season two. When we played in the UEFA Youth League, we played in the Lowland League, we did really well in the Challenge Cup, and then obviously we had boys away in international duty and all these other things. So I think I think over the season, like some players had played over 50 games. But my argument with that is that, well, if you play for the Rangers first team, you're going to be playing 50 games this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's an expectation that you'll be good enough to play 50 games this season. So, I mean, it's one of those endless debates, mate. Has it been better than the Lowland League in terms of the standard? Yes, in some of the games. But has it been what it could have and should have been? In my opinion, no. But then that's not great for the... I mean, regardless of what your opinion is, you know, sometimes to go three, four weeks without a game, um, to play games against opposition that really you shouldn't be playing, we are supposed to be trying to bring through the next Barry Ferguson, you know, even even if you want to go as far as to say the next Nathan Patterson, regardless of, you know, Nathan Patterson played for five minutes and then went for a big fee, I get that. But we are supposed to be trying to bring through the next player into the first team. And it, it almost, it feels a, a little bit as if, They've took their eye off the ball this season. Well, I mean, I'll just, I mean, I've got my phone here, right? So, like, I'll look at some of the games we've played this season. I'll run through them quickly. If people want to ask a question, I'll, I'll probably get another 10 or 15 minutes before I need to go. But so we've played teams like Dundee, Fleetwood Town under 21s. We've played Crusaders and Bangor. They were kind of pre season games. Um, we've played Manchester City under 21s away. We've played Blackpool under 21s up here. Um, we played Manchester United's under-21s, which was actually a really good game. The Monaco B game is at Ibrox. I think obviously quite a few people would have seen that. They played uh, Breedablick, who were an Icelandic team. We've played Hearts B, uh, Huddersfield Town under-21s. Played Real Betis away before the main game. Um, we've played like Leeds United. We've played Queen's Park, Bohemians, Bolton Wanderers B. We've played Carlisle. So, it's a it's a mix of good and bad. I mean, that's all I could really honestly say. It's a mix of good and bad, but it's it's trying to strike a balance. And I mean, I like the comment from William there's fair as well. See, like the fifty games a season is a bit much, but but the problem on the other side of it is even these young kids step up and like they're in the first team. Then the expectation for most fans is that you'll have to play fifty games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the... But yeah, look, it's trying to strike that balance. How many games is enough? Is it 30 games a season? Is it 40 games a season? I think it is a difficult one. And yet again, look, these things are all open to debate because it's going to be down to the individual as to how many times they think that a player should play over a season. With sports science now and and the work that goes on like behind the scenes with the analytics and stuff like that, clearly now... Like I mean, obviously Clermont seems to seems to rotate the squad more because of the amount of games that we play in the first team. So should that happen, like below there, 
yeah, again, these are debates that could go on forever. And it's mm-hmm. going to be down to the individual, as I said, because it depends. If you're a parent, you want your boy to play every game. So when mm-hmm. your boy drops out of the team and he's on the bench, you're probably saying, you know, why is my boy not playing? My boy's one of the best players on the team. How's he not playing today? But the coach will say, well, you know, we're giving him a break. He doesn't want a break. He wants to play. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? So, like, you can never win for losing, if you know what I mean, like, regardless of what you do. No, it's 100%. And... Oh, Stevenson, the club are missing a trick. These lads need to be playing to a decent crowd because there isn't an atmosphere like Ibrox in the world. And, and I get that point of view, but you only had to go to the B team games when they were playing in the low and league and you were maybe getting, what, two, three hundred people max. Um, yeah, I mean, so, some of the bigger games you were probably getting maybe like four, five, six hundred people. Obviously, the games at Ibrox and Parkhead were, were great in terms of the capacity crowds. Um, but the reality is, because Rangers play so many games, on that pitch, the ground staff as well as, you know, the manager and things like that have to accept at times that maybe there could be one or two more games played at Ibrox. I think they could have done more this season to play more games at Ibrox than just the one that we've really had. Nah. And, I, and I do think the Cup semi-final is a big disappointment, if I'm totally honest. But well, we can blame Dundee United for that. Let's just, let's just blame we'll them. See, at the end of the day, See between the two clubs, I would like to have thought they would have come to some type of agreement, but clearly that's just not going to happen. So no. Let's talk about some players then. And by the way, this comes up every single one of these shows that yeah. we do, William, when it comes to the academy. That you know the club should show more, not under 18s games. We know how the club feel about mm-hmm. um, v, uh, making those games watchable, but B team games more should be um, put on Rangers TV or whatever. Even if even well, if you made it a subscription where you pay. An extra pound on top of your six pound, and you get B team games or whatever. The club should make that viable. Well, sure, me and you asked Craig Mulholland about this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, before Craig left the club, we kind of banged on about it quite a few times, didn't we? At, at Dumbarton, could the club do more? Now, I think one of the problems in the Lowland League was that Saturday at three o'clock, they just couldn't show them live. There was just oh. no, because of the whole like legal thing with the three o'clock kickoffs. The three o'clock blackout, um, yeah. In terms of the best versus best, there isn't really anything stopping the club from showing those games. No, there's not. I don't know what it costs Rangers to stream those games. That's something that can maybe be brought up, like sort of potentially to the club. Um, and if I'm totally honest, it's 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 not the same way Zeb as it was with Craig. You know, they're two quite different characters. Um, so I don't know if. If, if going to somebody like Zeb and actually asking them that would be beneficial or not. I don't know who we would ask at the club for that. Um, is it is it a question that needs to be brought up at an AGM? Is it really important enough to be brought up at an AGM? These are all the things. But yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think I think more could be done to to screen some of the games. I do think more could be done to to like push, you know, what's going on at the club. But yeah, again, I'm not really in charge of these type of things, so it's really difficult. And yet again, like you sometimes kind of think to yourself, you don't really want to step out of line by asking too much because you know <laughs> they're gracious enough to let you into the games to watch them. So you don't want to rock the boat. I get it. You don't want to rock the boat. I because look, see, at the end of the day, you know, I've been fortunate over the years to get access to games that maybe a lot of others haven't been. So I do consider myself very fortunate. Um, I always try to kind of, you know, like uh, do what I can. You know, I try to do the updates whenever the club allow me to. You know, I obviously did the podcast for a few years, trying to update people what was going on and 
I thought the Lowland League was good because it gave people an opportunity to come and watch the games, which I think, speaking to a lot of people at the games, obviously we bumped into people at matches when we were covering them, that they thought it was good, it was exciting, they got to meet some of the young boys, um, some of the guys were outside signing autographs and signing... You know, I ended up, I ended up with Tramp. I was signing that many autographs, well. I know that you were. I mean, you were up there, and then like, and then like, the good side of it is like you then kind of built a relationship up with people. You obviously kind of built up a relationship talking to David McCallum a lot, and um, you obviously kind of built up a relationship with Craig Mulholland. You got to know Craig Robertson, and you got to know Louise obviously because she was always at the at the stadium. Like you don't really have any of that now. Like that's no, kind of gone. No. So, you know. Look at the end of the day, will things ever be the same as they were before? I don't think so. And yet again, you get back to change. Sometimes change is good, sometimes it's not. And I think I think coming out of the lowland league to play in, in the best versus best this season, it's probably not been what it could have been. No. Let, let's talk about some players then. Yeah. Um, Zach Lovelace is always at the forefront of everybody's minds, William, when it comes to um, players breaking through into the first team. How has Zach been this season and should we be a little bit worried about his injury record? Yeah, look, he was really unfortunate because he played really well that day against St. Mum, didn't he, for the first team? And then, obviously, he ends up missing like three, four months of football. Um, you know, I bumped into Zach a few times up at the training ground. He's such a nice guy. Um, you know, sort of really pleasant, always kind of happy to see. He always seems like he's smiling. Maybe he just does that when he sees me. I mean, maybe I've, I'm just one of the guys. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, I know seriousness, it's great to have Zach back. He's a really good player. He's a game changer. He's got that power, that pace. He's got technical ability. He can drive at players. He can play on the left, can play on the right, can play through the middle. He's certainly somebody that will be in the manager's eye line, I would imagine, once he's fully up to speed again. But, yeah, again, like Zach's only got a year and a bit left in his contract, so that's, yet again, another thing that's up for debate, you know, if Zach maybe doesn't see himself getting closer to the first team, he might feel that maybe change is necessary as well. And I think that well, I was going to ask you that, Morgan. That's exactly what I was going to put to you. The fact that he's only got a year and a bit left in his contract. You know, as I mean, this is a boy who's who's obviously played first team football for Millwall as well. So he's yeah. no well, he's no stranger to first team football, I should say. Um, so is it a case then that Rangers have got to be careful here? You know, if, if we don't show this boy an avenue and show him it rather quickly, we could lose him. Yeah, I mean, the simple answer is yes. Um, because at the end of the day, players want to know that they're going to get a chance. And Zach didn't come up here not thinking he was going to play for the first team. Mm-hmm. And if Zach hadn't got injured that day against the Monday, he might well have already been part of our first team for the last three or four months. Because you look at what's happened to Ross McCausland since then. You know, Ross just took his chance. He's now signed an improved contract. He signed a contract extension when his contract was out in the summer. And before Ross had made it into the first team, there was a lot of chat that maybe Ross would have left in the summer. I, I was amazed, Wally, when he when he broke through into the first team. I, I, and that's not... I mean, I've spoke to Ross a lot, obviously, covering the B-team games, um, and he's a really nice boy and all that. I, I just I didn't see that breakthrough that he made. Sometimes you need a bit of luck in football. I think I think sometimes, like, also the amount of injuries we had at that point, obviously the European squad was a bit of a disaster that Michael Beale put together, so we ended up having to kind of put every man and his dog on the bench at times just so we could have enough players. Ross obviously come on in the second half, well, um, just before half-time, wasn't it, against the month when Zach got injured? He did well that game. He then had a couple of good performances after that. Um, and then, like, obviously, the new managers took a real liking to him. 
Um, he, he obviously loves his work rate. Obviously, Ross knows me. Like, Ross isn't stupid. Ross will know he needs to work on parts of these games. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's maybe like he's crossing, whether it's his finishing, whether he maybe needs to get a bit stronger. But, Dad, we're still talking about a kid that's played like 15, 20, 15 games. He's still very inexperienced at this level of the game. But um, I like Ross. I've always been a big fan of Ross, even since he was like 16 when he first came over. But at the end of the day, the brutal reality of football and using that again is Zach's misfortune was Ross's fortune. Do you know what I mean? Because if Zach hadn't get injured, would Zach be the guy that's now doing what Ross is doing? Uh, listen, uh, it, it's such a strange game, football. Um, it, it truly is. We can't obviously do an academy review, William, though, without bringing... And I want to come to Josh in a wee second. Before I come to Josh, I have to go to Bailey. Um, okay. Bailey Rice. So many supporters online. You see it every single home game. Why is Bailey not on the bench for the first team? Why is Bailey not more involved with the first team? Why is Bailey being forced to play with the B team, being forced to play with the under-18s? Um, so, William, simple question. Why is Bailey Rice not made to jump up to the first team yet? Well, yeah, again, I've had some discussions with people that will keep private because, you know, I don't want to kind of speak on here about it, but I think I think in some ways, like, Bailey's kind of been told that he needs to work on certain parts of his game um, if he wants to make the step up. But yet again, we still forget that Bailey's only 17. 17. Still yeah. 17, you know, I think it was like sort of four months ago, whatever he turned 17. So he is still very young in that term. But I've, I mean, I've been brutally honest for the start. I do believe Bailey Rice will be a Rangers first team player. You know, I think, I think uh, all the natural attributes are there for him to be a top, top player. But we still have to remember that he is still a young kid and he could still be at high school. Do you know what I mean? That's I mean that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Same with Zach. I mean, Zach's mm-hmm. still a very young boy, but he, he just looks like a man mountain when like, he stands next to you. Like, he makes everybody feel small when Aye. you stand next to him. And, and that's the thing. Look, there's many others in that group. You've got Archie Stevens. that has got a year left in his contract. He's probably thinking, you know, what's my next step? You've got guys like Aaron Lyle that's out of contract in the summer. You've got Robbie. Okay, that's the gutter. No, Wally, yeah. that's the gutter for me. You know yeah, how look, much I, I like Lyle. Yeah, look, you've got Robbie Fraser that's out of contract in the summer. You've got guys like Mackenzie Strachan and Lewis Budanowskis, uh, Tyler Pasnick, who's obviously been um, down in England on trial. Um, so, yeah, look, there's a lot happening. A lot happening. And... I do think we will see a lot of change this summer, and that's not just including the coaching staff. I think we will see quite a lot of players move on this summer as well, um, and that's, yet yeah, again, just the nature of football. I mean, obviously, we've added a new signing in the last couple of days that one of the guys commented on. They obviously had a small time on the pitch yesterday, but we shouldn't be judging guys based on a small, no. a small cameo kind of off the bench that he had yesterday. Um, but look, we'll need to see what happens come the summer, but yeah, I think there is certainly a possibility that Zach Lovelace could go in the summer along with one or two others whose contracts are coming to an end in a year's time because it would be the only time the club would be able to cash in on them, really, because it would be the right time to do it because you could then utilise that money to potentially bring in others who we've missed out on previously. Um, and I dare say the club do have their eye on some players right now. Well, it's what we've done with Rory, wasn't it, when they went to Aston Villa. That's how we got um, Zach in. Just finishing up then on a player who I think will probably be the next name on, on the fans' lips as more and more fans get to know him and get to see him. Um, Josh Gentles. I believe he's now made, was it Wales under-18's debut? 
under seventeens. Under seventeens. Yeah, I think he's played a couple of times for the seventeens now. Um, yeah, again, Josh, a really nice guy. Um, player. Yeah, look, really talented. I mean, he scored some unbelievable goals at times. Josh, he seems to have this way of hitting the ball, and the ball starts kind of moving about all over the place. He's probably been moved up to the B team a little bit earlier than what people expected. And yet again, that kind of comes down to like injuries. So like Zach Lovelace's injury, mm-hmm. uh, Thompson Ashaka's injury has allowed Josh to then move up and play. So Josh is at a bit of football at B team level. So is Chris Eddy. Uh, Callum Adams has made his debut recently, which was absolutely fantastic. The guys that were down at that game at Bolton said that Callum was excellent. But yeah, can we forget these guys are 16. You know, they're still very, very young. And, and Josh... Josh has got a real good knack of being in the right place at the right time. But against some of the first-team oppositions, you've seen, yet again, that word that I use, the brutal side of football, where you're up against men, men mm. in their 20s, who can just bully Josh. But you know what? That's a good thing. Because nobody knows what he needs to go and do. Well, the only, way, the only way to learn how to deal with it is to do it. Yeah, and that's how it is, mate. And it's, and it's one of those things that, in football, that is how you learn. Sometimes you learn by mistakes. Sometimes you learn that you're not strong enough, you're not quick enough, you're not tough enough, you're not good in the air, you're not good enough in the tackle, you don't have a good enough range of passing. There's so many things that you could work on in your game, but look, Josh is a talent. Mm-hmm. You know, Some of the things that Josh can do is great. He can, Yeah, again, Josh can play through the middle, but he can also play wide. So, I mean, yeah, again, see if Rangers go with that three in the Cup semi-final of Archie, Zach and Josh. Any one of the three of them can play through the middle and any one of the three of them can play wide. So they can all interchange within that game. Whereas when you watch somebody like Chris Eddy, Chris Eddy's main position is a nine. And Chris doesn't want to come out of the nine position because that's where his strength is. But I think that's why Josh has probably moved up a little bit quicker because he's got that he's got that versatility. That he can play off the right, the left, and the centre. And I think that's now a, a, a big part of modern football. You only need to look at like, uh, somebody like Dujon Sterling and what he brings to the first team, because you can play a variety of positions. So that is very much a big part of football now. And it, and it, and I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to become more and more because a manager will want a player to be versatile. And so instead of carrying a 27-man squad where you need two players for every position, well, you don't really need that if you've got somebody like Dujon Sterling because he could probably play right back, left back, centre back. He could play as a central midfielder. You could probably even push him wide right or wide left in a wing position if you really had to. So I think that is becoming more of the modern day kind of you know way of having players. You then don't need to carry such a big squad of players because somebody can offer that versatility. And we're also seeing that within the cups as well, who, like you say, can play up front but can also drop back into midfield. He can probably even play wide yeah. if he wanted as well. Yeah, look, we've seen, I mean, I've seen Finley play as a nine, a ten. He's played wide. He's played in central midfield. I mean, Finley's done a wee bit of everything this season. And that's why, yet again, as I said earlier, Finley's probably been one of my most consistent performers at 18's level. And even when he's moved up to play for the B team, I mean, he scored in the Challenge Cup against league opposition, Finley. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Finley's had a remarkable turnaround. This was a kid that was, that at the time wasn't getting offered a professional contract and was told that he would have to, he would have to do more to get a professional contract. With him, was probably the best player that season and Rangers offered him a two-year deal. So And he's you know, grown he's as well. I kind of he's now taller than me. And he was a wee short ass and now he's a dead yeah. now he's dead tall. And look, that's the thing, mate. Your time's never over. You know, there's mm. something like I mean, like your brother, for instance, he probably thought his time was up when he left Queen's Park. Mm-hmm. 
but he's found a new place at Dundee United. And look at the forum he's done. Like, you know, he ended up playing for Dundee United's first team. I mean, you wouldn't have thought that 18 months ago, would you? No, and it, it, and it breaks my heart every time you mention it. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, I better not say that. My mom's watching. Um, very, very quickly before we go, because I know you need to get something deep before you go out. Just a final question then. Lancelot Pollard, how's he getting on? He's basically not at the club anymore. Um, don't really know the full story. Um, we obviously watched him quite a few times for the under-16s when he signed from Aberdeen. And then just wasn't there anymore. I believe he is still registered at the club. I believe the club still holds right. registration. So, I, I, I mean, I don't really know what's happening. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just one of those ones in youth football. I don't really know. <laughs> and that Wait, is the have... honest truth. I mean, if I, if I knew more, I would say more. But the honest truth is I don't. Um, but I do believe the club still holds his registration from what I was told. That might not be true now. But the last time that I asked somebody about it, that, you know, that was the case. And if somebody wanted Lancelot, I think they would need to pay Rangers a fee because Rangers paid a fee f- to get him from mm-hmm. Aberdeen. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, look, it's, uh, yeah, again, we said half an hour, it's been 48 minutes, so that's probably <laughs> my that's probably my pie gone now. It'll probably need to be something like a bit of toast now because... Oh, you'll be fine. I'm sure you've got one of these super-duper microwaves. Um, listen, we're going to do this again. It won't be as frequent as what it used to be. It used to be every week. We'll, we'll try and do a bit more because it's it's good to get a bit of information there about the youth teams and let everybody know how it's going. Yeah, look, so things we'll... just, yeah, look, things have just changed in terms of like, you know, at the moment I'm just really, really busy. I'm just, you know, I just don't have the time I once did to do as many of the podcasts. I mean, you just don't love me as much as you used to. That's what it well, is. I, well, I still do, to be fair, but it's just, it's tough in life just like, sort of changes when you start a new job and and life becomes a bit different and obviously the academy games now are a bit sporadic and you just nah. it's difficult but look it's always good talking about the academy stuff and um, we'll try and give people more notice next time so maybe they can get questions in ahead of time today was going to be kind of thrown together it um kind of yesterday we agreed to do this at the game so yeah it's been good fun as always so thank you, William. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. All the folk that watch this back, folk on the audio downloads, etc. We'll try and do a, a lot more of these throughout what's left um, of the season. So thank you for tuning in. The reg- Your regular programming will be back on Friday night at half past seven, and we'll see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.